I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep. So I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, movie fans, Dimitri Panos here for Popcorn Talk Network's Anatomy of a Movie, where today we're going to find out what is your vice. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. <laughs> Almost presidential, but then it's just me. How's it going, movie fans? Again, Dimitri Panos here for Popcorn Talk Network's Anatomy of a Movie, where we break down a movie in all of its parts. And today we are going to talk about the Academy Award-nominated movie, Vice, starring Christian Bale and directed by and written by Adam McKay. So, before we go on, let me introduce you to my awesome panelists here. Marissa Serafini. Hello, go back. Everyone. Way Hello, back. Dimitri. Hello, Mia. Yes, hey. yes, we do. Way, way, back. way back. Five, six years now. Yeah, way back looking. to our very first Pacific we're, room. We were in a house. <laughs> we were. We were in a shed. We were in a shed at our very first <laughs> podcast. That was yeah. awesome. People so, don't know if they only knew. <laughs> they only knew. The movie yeah. magic that takes place. Right now, we're in an outhouse. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. You, you wouldn't even know. <laughs> We've <wouldn't> upgraded. <laughs> we upgraded. <laughs> so, um, so, hello. Hello. Welcome back. Good. We got We've a full honestly panel been doing today. the show for so long. <laughs> a long time. Long time. It's all in good. In a good way. Yeah. And also, uh, sort of the newbie, but becoming more of a steady regular. Mina, well, you are a newbie. <laughs> this is your third, fourth. Yeah, fourth, fourth right? fifth, yeah. Okay, fifth, so there you go. You're, getting, yeah, in, you're getting almost in. getting into the cadence. You'll yeah, figure us out eventually. Right. <laughs> um, say hello. Oh, hey, everyone. Happy to be here. I'm glad to have you. And again, my name is Dimitri. We are going to be talking about Vice. Something right off the top. Number one, uh, we have uh, our production notes. Uh, mm-hmm. Our notes of the film, which you are able to upload yourself. Uh, if uh, So you can get a rundown of everything that we're going to try to talk about. We may not hit every topic there, but at least you'll know that this is somewhat kind of planned. <laughs> somewhat kind of. Also, you should know, the, the we talk about the movies after they open so that can, we can really get into plot in detail. So that means spoilers. Um, we don't want to spoil a movie for you. However, uh, if you've watched the movie, welcome. If you haven't watched the movie, I I would recommend you go watch the movie first. But if it is your prerogative to watch us first to get a better idea as to whether or not you may want or not want to see the movie, I'm not going to stop you either. But just know that after we talk about it, pretty much going to know everything about the movie going in. Maybe that'll enhance your experience. Who knows? But thanks for tuning in regardless. So, as we start off with every show, we talk about opinion. 
And, well, Marissa, what did you think of Vice? Okay, so I, I think I mentioned in the <clears throat> past that I'm not the biggest Christian Bale fan. So I went into this, and I'm like, <laughs> Stop. okay. You, oh, I thought you, you, you yeah, had that so pause. <laughs> you had that pause, like, like, I'm not the biggest Christian. And I was like, wait, actually, you sort of kind of are because you're who we go to. And then I'm the most Catholic out of this whole panel. I know, I know. I'm not the biggest Christian Bale fan. But I was like, that that aside, I went into this film expecting a good performance because I heard from everyone else that he did a really good job in this. And yeah, he did. I totally believed him as Dick Cheney. Mm -hmm. Um, Personally, I'm not the biggest political fan. So when I hear politics, I just run the other direction. And it's not against anything is just like I, I find politics very exhausting as I'm sure most people do so going into this not really liking Christian Bale not really liking politics I was like oh boy um, overall I can understand and appreciate what happened in in the political climate over the last 20 plus years that we follow actually it's like what 40 years that we're following Dick Cheney throughout <laughs> this film so I appreciate what the man did um he obviously rose to power in a big sense. People looked to him. He made a lot of big executive decisions that helped and influenced the country <clears throat> for better or for worse, depending on your viewpoint. Um, but I appreciate the man and appreciate that they told a very well thought out story of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with a lot of that. Um, for me, this movie hit really, really close to home because I'm Iraqi American. I'm first-generation American. My parents are directly from Iraq. And um, I grew up during this time where I I kind of, like, knew what was going on during the Bush administration because while all of this was going on, we had the mainstream American news media, but we also had Al Jazeera at my home. And I remember thinking as a child, why are there two completely different sides to the same story. How come Al Jazeera is portraying all these things happening to Iraqi civilians, and how come here in America they're displaying this as like a huge act of patriotism because it's a war on terror and Iraq is being invaded on the grounds of WMDs or weapons of mass destruction. So for me as a child, I feel like I had a very different perspective being Iraqi-American, having parents who are Iraqi, and really getting to understand the full scope of things um, and being influenced by by how things were being portrayed in the media on two different ends. I really like that this movie took a more comedic take to something that was so serious that hits so close to home because it's always been a very heavy topic, um, and it's something that has affected my family directly because I still have family that lives in Iraq and mm-hmm. they're still facing the effects of the aftermath of this because the repercussions of this war is like have been so far reaching. Um, so yeah, I love this movie. I love the way it was told. I love that it focused on it centered around Dick Cheney as opposed to George W. Bush. And it wasn't really a focus on the Bush administration, but rather Dick Cheney's rise to power, which I mm-hmm. thought was a very interesting way to tell this story. I I agree. Thank you for sharing a lot of that. So you're you're that that's a very unique perspective that mm-hmm. uh, I didn't expect, and I and I, I don't think our audience would, and I think they're going to appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> for me, Vice, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was it was. It was a clever political satire, except it's kind of true, uh, except it's got Adam McKay's spin on it, much like he did in The Big Short, which to me, I found The Big Short to be a little more entertaining of a movie, 
in explaining something to me because I'm not a numbers person. Um, he explained how things happened with that, with the economy during that time. We fell into that depression and how this bubble popped. With the politics, um, all I can say is the movie, while it was entertaining, it did make me angry. It didn't make me angry because I disliked the movie, mind you. Usually when I say, that movie made me angry, that oh, means yeah. I hated the movie. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hate the movie, but it made me angry, much in the way that Michael Moore's documentary Fahrenheit 11.9 made me angry because of all these things that happened that came to, that went from A to B to like now, and what things that happened back in 2001 to 2009 are still in great effect today. Again, whether you believe it's for good or for bad, things are still in play that Cheney set up, and those are the things that made me angry. So I walked out of the movie while entertained, but I was angry because I learned stuff that I didn't... I guess, in a sense, almost like you, uh, Marissa, I don't fully pay attention to politics or I didn't until the, within the past couple of years right. pay attention a little bit more with that said there was a lot going on in Vice that I knew of the main players I grew up hearing about Dick Cheney mm-hmm. I grew up hearing about these people this movie sort of kind of digs deep the way that a news article can with a flair and it definitely this movie had that flair of wit and sarcasm that was scalpel precise Mm -hmm. uh we'll get into some of that but at the end of the day i was angry because things that were set forth i was i was comparing it to certain things of today going son of a bitch was still that's still today Mm -hmm. so my feelings McKay- exactly. Mc- I, it was the combination of being entertained, mm. but also like blood boiling. I can't believe you did this to our country. Right, you're and- like using U.S. soldiers as pawns for your mm. own scheme. But Adam McKay said um, that he genuinely believed that Dick Cheney was doing what he thought was best for the country. But I didn't see that when I watched the movie. I saw it as a very much like, oh, this is his own self interest. He's doing what he wants. Right. He has the power. It's not what the country needs. And he kind of like got away with that manipulation and how he came up because um, Mm -hmm. you had said Marissa too, like this truly is a power play. Like this guy came from nothing. The movie opens up on him getting fired Mm -hmm. from a job and how he got into politics. Well, he went to school. I mean, dropped out of school, dropped out of school, (laughs) but how he maneuvered his way in it was just crazy to me. Most people, like, they wouldn't be given that opportunity. But he jumped on various chances. And it was amazing to me as to how he burned people as well as how people burned him. Mm-hmm. Like, but he played the game of Survivor, which politics can be. And he eventually ended up winning, even though he's really no longer... A puppet master anymore, but he became a really big puppet master to the president of our United States. Yeah, and in this film, you see parts of his life where he he screws over the people that helped him rise to power. You see him fire Donald's around the film, not not to you know get get ahead of ourselves, but it's like you you see moments where he does you know 
pass, exceed his teachers. Right. Is essentially, and like he uses that power again for his own personal gain. Sure. Mm-hmm. The fun fact is George Bush Senior actually said that one of his biggest regrets was not advising his son George W. Bush against choosing Dick Cheney as his running mate because he said had he known that Dick Cheney would overshadow his son's legacy, he would have never been okay with that as the VP pick, which I thought was fascinating that, you know, his father would have such a huge say in who he would choose as his running mate, yada, yada. And it's it's interesting, even when we see the whole conversation where Bush is, like, trying to get him onto his campaign, Cheney's the one who, like, set all these ground regulations, like, uh, I can do this, this, and this, and this, and then I'll do it for you. Like, he right. set those standards of what he wanted to do. He wanted, he, he set the standards of which powers and which branches and stuff he, he right. oversaw. So, like, again, that was his power play. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because it's all put in a movie about political history, um, which you can either find dry, uh, if you're not a historian. Like, I'm not, I comment on movies. I'm not a... Chris Klizza, who will comment on politics. I don't have that background. Mm -hmm. Uh, Never did. Like I said, it was only within the past few years or so that I really started paying attention to certain things. And as Adam McKay points out, the more he delved into Cheney's political career, the more he was like appreciated how complex and far-reaching an influence he had on contemporary American politics. Mm-hmm. And he goes on, he goes on, he's quoted saying, this is a giant chapter in U.S. political history that I don't feel has ever been fully examined on screen. And I agree. A- again, growing up, you hear about Cheney, you hear about all the controversy going in. But I had never, I didn't know, like, how deep this went in. Like, I knew about 9-11, obviously. Right. All these things <clears throat> but to know how these waters were navigated and the weapons of mass destruction deal, mm-hmm. um, all these things, I didn't realize how deep it was because growing up, uh, I was here in L.A., I didn't pay attention as much, right. you know? So it was really fascinating to see this come up on screen. And again, with Adam McKay's flair, he was able to do it in a way it's entertaining, but more importantly, I think, understandable. Right. Marissa, let me ask you. This is a fair mm-hmm. question, right? Because you said you're not into the politics and stuff, but you understood this movie, right? I understood this movie only because I do have to defend myself. I grew <laughs> up uh, I grew up in <clears throat> Illinois. It, like Aside from the Chicago pocket of Democrats, the rest of Illinois is very conservative. I mm-hmm, come from mm-hmm. the conservative area. Like, mm-hmm. my whole family is right-winged Republicans. So I grew up with knowing about Dick Cheney's life, or, like, at least the main points or the main situations. Like, my parents voted for for George Bush, you know? Like, please don't hate my family. But, like, I grew up in the Republican viewpoint. Like, I I see what they say, and then I see that side. But also, I live here now in L.A., and I understand the Democratic side. So, like, I literally see both sides of the political party. Mm -hmm. So I grew up with... Like knowing Donald Rumsfeld, um, sure. congressman, and all that, so like I, I've been exposed to it growing up. Like seriously, my parents would watch Fox News for four hours straight mm-hmm, every mm-hmm. single freaking morning. Mm-hmm. I saw so much politics. That's why I, I gently turned the other cheek mm-hmm. when it comes to politics. Only because I've been exposed to it so much growing up. Right, mm-hmm. but so in 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 the terms of Vice, this movie 
like, were you, because of McKay's writing and directing, did you find that it was easy to follow? Like, it was explained in a way that it didn't feel like I was taking medicine. It didn't even feel like I was learning something because I was, in a sense, being entertained. That's what I was, like, did you find Vice to be easily understood for a topic that you don't, Yes. necessarily follow as much. Anymore. Once I understood the actual pacing, because we did kind of jump back and forth between timelines, like we saw him sure. as a teenager, Absolutely. then we saw him in college, and then we saw him as an already, you know, running VP. So, like, we did jump around in the timeline, so I had to, like, figure out what political thing did he do now at this age? What did what was he doing here when he was running for, for Senate? Whatever. Um, so, like, once I kind of finally got of the pace and the energy uh, and the flow of this film, I was like, okay, he's doing this, which will lead to this, which will lead right. to this. Yeah. So, like, and I liked how they did touch upon, like, pretty much every decade of his life. Sure. And, like, the big main event that he covered Absolutely. at that certain mm-hmm. time. Absolutely. And I felt it was done in a variety of stylistic ways. Like, this movie was, was, was shot, written, um, you know, we went from... You know, you have a very unconventional narrator who you don't even know who the narrator is until it until he's shown to you, which is almost halfway through the movie, and mm-hmm. then splat. <laughs> what? Right. But then you understand why he chose this person to be the narrator. Yeah, it's um, brilliant, right? And then you have comedic surreal moments. You had documentary footage. You even had well. You had the, the the pillow talk that was written in iambic pentameter mm-hmm. from Shakespeare, which a lot of Shakespeare plays are based on the the, the grabbing of power, the politics, and the politics, it's all politics. I mean, and, hello Caesar, right? So I got that, and it was it was very freestyle. This movie mm-hmm. was very it broke a fourth wall. Yeah, it you know, so it really was a variety of like. All these styles come in. Um, you know, I think to me, the the best, the, the funniest moment was when end credits popped up in the middle of the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah, if only it had ended there. Because <laughs> it was a part of the movie when he's like, nah, I'm done. That, I that retire. And they're like, and the happy music comes <laughs> on. And you're <laughs> like, nope. Yeah, I legitimately, nope. I looked around and I was like, wait. I like looked at my watch. I'm like, there's no way this movie's over. I was legitimately tricked for like half a second. Yeah. It, I love that. That was so It funny. worked. It's so mean. It was really mean. <laughs> so mean. It was. Because, <laughs> again, even not, even not, Knowing too much political history, I mm. knew, no, it wasn't over. Like, sadly, no. <laughs> I was like, I going, I get the joke, and mm. it was hysterical, because it was, if only yeah. this movie would be done here. But no, there was more story to tell. Well, I liked how they they played and tricked us, because it was great. had it actually ended there, it would have ended on a happy note. Well, like, that's no, the thing. I'm retired. I'm good. I have a good family. Whatever. Yeah, Peace. Only. Deuces, everybody. Yeah, and the movie, when you think about it, it impacts 40 years of American politics. And, yeah. and, how and not just that, day. foreign policy as right? well. I think we're so quick to just think about American politics, but this affects everything. It affects our relationships with other countries and oh. how other countries view us. And just like even the refugee crisis of 
you know, we don't want people to come in, but here we are destabilizing governments for no apparent reason. Yeah. Other yeah. than financial gain. So how can we not bring refugees in when we're going into a country as invaders? Right. And, you know, it's interesting, Marissa, um, you were, I, I'm pretty sure you were on the panel for American Made with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. The whole Castro. Oh, I saw that one. Fidel Castro. And yeah. This was going on, like, they even the make 60s, mention, yeah. well, but they make mention about, like, the... They make mention about, like, there's a hint of, like, that guy getting thrown under the bus, in a sense, because, like, all this crazy stuff that happened under this, like, we're so wrapped up in today, right? And, mm-hmm. Again, whether you think it's crazy or not, but the craziness happening today, which is, some can consider surreal, it was surreal back then, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and... So it's just really crazy to me. So in any case, um, Adam McKay, again, um, picking this political movie to make, something that he was thinking about doing not too long after his success with The Big Short, which is a really, again, another Christian Bill. Christian Bill was fantastic in that movie Mm -hmm. uh, as well. Um, So much so uh, that McKay really liked Bale, and he wanted him to play Dick Cheney. And he even approached me and said, I want you to play Dick Cheney. And Christian Bell says, I think you're out of your effing mind. He goes, I think you're crazy to think that. And he gave him the script. And then Christian Bell was like, I think it's brilliant. He goes, I'm yeah. in. And, uh, you know, they're, they're off to the races. Do you think um, that was an obvious pick for the role? Because now that we see it, he did a fantastic job immersing himself in that character, both physically and in terms of personality and all the nuanced you, you know, things that he does, all them, yeah. everything. Everything yeah. was on point. But do you think that was the obvious pick from the beginning? I think for Adam McKay, it was. I think if you're talking to an audience, you're going... I couldn't understand going, that. Wow, okay, that that's sort of gutsy. But, I mean, I sort of liken this performance to Gary Oldman's performance yeah. as Churchill. Mm. I, w- I was just going to say, I was like, yeah. what? Is Gary Oldman your first choice for Winston Churchill and the, the process that he had to undergo to yeah. transform into that character? The difference no. is Gary Oldman didn't actually physically gain weight for the role of Winston Churchill in that no. movie. I know, he but actually wore as an actor, here, Christian Bale physically transforms into but, everything and anything he ever he still does. Had a lot I know, of but to go back yes. to, to yes. go back to your question, as an actor, is Christian Bale your first choice for Dick Cheney? No. No. Did he transform into Dick Cheney? Yes. Yes. Absolutely, 100%. absolutely he did. Absolutely he did. And and it was very, very interesting because um, since we're talking, let's talk about transformation a little bit. <laughs> and we'll talk about Bale's performance. So initially, they were going to go with him looking a little more, for lack of better words, a little more like Christian Bale than Dick Cheney mm-hmm. until... until um, Christian Bale realized that the prosthetics being used, um, done by uh, Greg Cannon, who actually did work on Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> so, uh. talk about a transformative movie, right? Yeah. So, oh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, <laughs> One of my favorites. So, so when he was wearing the prosthetics, he feels like, you know, he goes, this isn't as uncomfortable as I thought it would have been. He goes, no, let's do the prosthetics. So, he did a complete changeover. Um, much like I think Gary Oldman did. Yes, Christian Bale did put on the weight. But 
But they to also did use a lot of prosthetics lot for of prosthetics. Christian Bale, too. Absolutely. His call time was 2 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. To, and he had to go through a five-hour process every single morning yeah. before starting acting at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. So, yes, he did gain weight, but, yes, with the help of makeup, also added to his performance. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought he gives he gives that transformative uh, uh, performance that the Academy tends to love. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he won the Golden Globe, uh, you know, I think he could potentially be a show win for, you know, he could be a show win for uh, for, for for actor for, for the Oscar um, right now. I mean, his perf- be up against. I know Ronnie, you don't like him. Then. I, I I I agree with you 100. percent I think yeah. it, it's, it's really the good. fight between those. Bob two. B in so. the in the chat also says Bill should win Best Actor. He loved Vice. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> thanks so, for joining us. Yeah, chat. thanks. I, I mean, I think Bale. Bill does another transformative uh, um, uh, role and performance. I looked at him in American Hustle again, where he gained weight for that mm-hmm. role to play another also true with Amy life Adams. character. Also with Amy yeah. Adams, so they, they they have a good chemistry. Those two together seem to work. They really they, do. They, they, they work well together, and particularly with the right script and right director. Uh you know. It's it's going to be very interesting to see how the Academy goes this year. Whether they're going to go for that transformative. I mean, both both Rami Malek and he, they transform. They become these people, and you believe it one hundred percent on screen. <laughs> Except Bale's performance is so it's so precise mm-hmm. that you believe he wasn't. He's sort of a soft spoken man. That this guy didn't yell a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and and the way. He could manipulate people, and the words that he used, that's all Bell. I thought it was fantastic. I also thought it was so interesting to have someone who, you know, is so controlling and domineering and calculating, who basically has George Bush at his fingertips, be someone who could be so influenced by his wife, Lynn Cheney, to the point where he's like, okay, I'll change. No, No questions asked, he just will listen to her because of the amount of love he had for her, that he did not want to lose her. He was willing to change everything for her. And it was interesting to see, if we really think about it, Lynn was a very powerful woman. Without Lynn, Dick Cheney would not be Dick Cheney. If it wasn't for her campaigning and doing all of that work and and using the power that she did have to make him, like, the VP pick, like, that, you know... Well, I'd like happen. to think Lynn Cheney was his only weakness. And like not and I don't say weakness in a bad way, but like And his only strength. He, yeah, exactly. Your greatest strength is your greatest weakness too. Um huh. but like Lynn helped make Dick like you said, Dick Cheney, Dick Cheney. Yeah. It's like she gave him an ultimatum when they were young to straighten up his life. Right. She helped campaign for him when he was right. sick. Like she was the best thing for him. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I'm gonna go back, I'll I'll do another um Winston Churchill reference when we did um um uh, what is it? The dark hours. Darkest the, hour. Darkest, darkest hour. hour. Right. Yeah. What did we say? If you remember, Marissa, because I do. Behind every great man is a great woman <laughs> great because woman. his wife there. Fantastic. For, for different means. For mm-hmm. different means. Right. Here in this movie, like you said, Amy Adams uh, as portrayal as his wife. Different means. She did. I, I agree. I happen to agree with you that she 
as much was charting his course. She knew what his strengths were, mm-hmm. and she was going to ride along because it was going to make her powerful as yeah. well. The interesting thing about Dick Cheney is he did this not necessarily, he did it in plain sight, but yet still under shadow. Like, because he wasn't the president of the United States. He didn't have to take full he blame for anything. The stakes weren't yeah. as high for him because he knew he had a scapegoat. Absolutely. He knew that this was the arrangement. Yeah, and he had an escape plan. He didn't, yeah, like, and it doesn't really affect him to this day. It really doesn't. Um, but Lynn Cheney at that time knew that there wasn't a lot that she could do right. as a woman and that she kind of needed a vessel in the yeah. same way that Dick Cheney needed a vessel mm-hmm. to do what he wanted to do. And if kind he was going to get back into this. I mean, I also found the conversation between he and George W., played by Sam Rockwell, who mm-hmm. is also very good. Um, and, yeah, that, that, that lunch uh, that they had outside was, you know, the, the analogy to fishing and fly fishing. Yeah. When he gets them hooked, like, you know... He was setting up his president for what a vice president should be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it was it was a brilliant scene. And I love that they used that scene in the trailers. They <clears> used <throat> one of their best scenes in the trailers, and it did not spoil the movie at all, because we already know the no. premise going into it. Right. And I think a lot of movies, they'll use their best scene in the trailer, and it kind of ruins the movie for right. you. But this movie was perfectly marketed, and it was a great movie I overall. But yeah. also, you can't be vice president without the president. Right. And for marketing, it was very smart to use Sam Rockwell just coming off of a Best Supporting Actor oh, win absolutely. from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's smart to use your already two Academy Award winning actors in your trailer. Mm-hmm. Set. Done. About done. politics. And yeah. unfortunate, like the late Dick Cheney, because he just passed this past year, I think timing also helped with that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And again, when it's coupled with an Adam McKay script that the actors found to be smart, um, you know, getting them on board. Um, look, there was good pedigree with this movie, like just bottom line. So um, I did want to talk a little bit too about about the transformation and and Cannon uh, begin working on Cheney's look by casting a facial rendering of Bale's head about six miles, six, six miles, months. six months prior to the production. Mm-hmm. And then they sculpted and molded silicon uh, appliances. And he goes on, the difficulty was that Christian is the polar opposite <laughs> of Cheney in terms of facial structure and head shape. And test after test, Christian just wanted to be fatter. And I was afraid it wouldn't work, that it would be too much. But when we got into the costume and put on the glasses, it was amazing. And I look, and again, I got to go back to Gary Oldman's transformation as Winston Churchill. You just mm-hmm. Gary's it. a very skinny guy. A wicked skinny guy. I met the gentleman. And yeah, I mean, that it, mm-hmm. totally transformative as here. And, um, you know, putting on the makeup. And Churchill almost, was a yeller. Yes. He and screamed a lot. You were saying five hours a day for makeup, mm-hmm. especially the older Cheney. Mm-hmm. It's a long time to be in that chair. And then you got to go act. <laughs> you got to go to work, yep. so to speak. So um, kudos to him. Uh, it will be an interesting Academy Awards. Well, let's talk about this now. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think, he, do you think he'll win? 
I think this is Rami Malek's year. It's so close to Rami, like to Rami Malek that I don't mm. know because I love Bohemian Rhapsody and I Certainly. loved Rami's performance in that. And also, it's so nice. Like I'm a little biased, but it's so nice to have Arab representation finally in a movie like that. That meant so much to me to have an Egyptian actor kind of representing us. Sure. Um, and his transformation was brilliant. I like if there were so many side by side comparisons mm-hmm. at the Live Aid concert where you sure. saw the original Freddie Mercury and then you see Rami mm-hmm. Malek and it is virtually indistinguishable. But don't you think we had a side by side here too? Yeah, and Rami, yes. Rami for his role, he had a movement coach and all that sure, to, sure, to sure. actually get the nuances down. So Christian Bale is up against Bradley Cooper for Stars Born, mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate, Rami for Bohemian Rhapsody, and Viva Margaret. Mark Tinson for Green Book. Which was also great. Fantastic performance from him. And Green Book won for um, Best Picture Golden Globe. So that's clearly going to be a favorite going into the Oscars. Um, Anybody commenting uh, online about who they think may win? I think it's going to be Rami because there are stats. I I mean, it could be a very big surprise. But Rami has already won Golden Globe and a SAG Award for his performance. And it's usually like once you win the first two, Mm -hmm. like your percentage of winning. Shoots up to the 90s to yeah. win for Academy Award. Yeah. So I It'll honestly, I think it's going to be so, Rami. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit yeah, about... Yeah, that side-by-side uh, side is beautiful. Yeah. Let's beautiful. talk uh, a little... Well, see, and again, I just argue that the Christian Bale side-by-side side <coughs> is equally as good. It's great, too. I mean, I, I really do. I mean, I, I think that... I feel like this is between, between a toss-up between the two of them. I don't think Bradley Cooper too. is going to win. I didn't think his performance was as strong. Um, and I also, I haven't seen Brad William Defoe yet. Who was the last one? And uh, Viggo Mortensen. I loved Viggo Mortensen's yeah, performance, but I don't think it was as strong as Rami Malek's or, you know. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Very interesting. So, all right, well, let's move on to the production for a little bit, because um, this is actually, I, I always find this, this um, it's it's entertaining to me. So, Jeff Waxman, who's the executive producer, asked the questions, where would you shoot a film that covers five decades, over 200 sets, with locations ranging from small towns in Wyoming to a cafe in Italy, from the wide open spaces of Texas to Vietnam, Cambodia, the Middle Eastern Desert, plus the United Nations in New York, the White House, and several other iconic Washington, D.C. locales. The Mm -hmm. answer? I know. Go ahead. Southern L.A. Los Angeles. Southern California. Yep. <laughs> we is... have it all. <laughs> yep. We're so lucky. We are so We're lucky. We're so spoiled. We don't even know it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was this locations team, says producer uh, um, Kleiner. He goes, if you told me ahead of time we'd be able to find post-World War II Wyoming in Los Angeles County... I would have been skeptical, but John Panzarella, uh, who was the location manager for the show, uh, pretty much everything was shot right here. Um, lower parts of Sunshine State, notable for its wide variety of topography and architecture. We got mountains, deserts, oceans, urban, suburban, rural. Um, the Evolving Lucas Southland ranges from Victorian to Federalist. Um, so it's just crazy. There were even shots with oil derricks. Which we have, and then scenes where there was water in the the background. Yeah, Yeah. so, um, yeah, it's just crazy. The whole movie was shot here in good old Southern California when it wasn't raining like it is right now. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I found that uh, I I found that to be very, very uh, um, interesting. Um, So, 
they shot um so in the scene where uh, oh this was a funny scene too um chilling yet funny it's when Chaney and his Carter are uh they're they're um dining in a restaurant oh I love the scene and Alfred Molina is the waiter <laughs> he's a great guy He's been here. Yeah, and his role as the waiter should not go, should not be understated because it was brilliant for what was on the menu mm-hmm. for that evening. Um, but that was uh, that, that was done at a place, an Art Deco restaurant in downtown Los Angeles. Um, and, you know, he reads in the special of the day, which is really a menu of torture. <laughs> he was... Brilliant. We'll have everything. Yeah, we'll have everything. He's like, okay, excellent choice. Yeah, it was. It was really. Um, again, I think that's part of McKay's strength in satire, mm-hmm. where you can turn a dining experience into a political weapon and tool. For here's our meeting. Not only we're we going to be cutting into big steaks, but this is what we're ordering. Mm-hmm. So I found that to be one of the more humorous, and it's a great twist on how do we turn just going out to dinner because we've all seen those scenes on in a movies. conventional dinner. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was one in just Sicario too, where there's a dinner scene and he's ordering like with Benicio del Toro and getting together for dinner to plan out things that may not be that aren't too that are very savory. Let's say. The way McKay does it is he was able to bring humor and satire to the table, yet at the same time you go, holy shit. It's sort of kind of scary when you think about it. You know, what was being discussed. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. And they used a lot of side-by-side sound stages at the actual Sony yes. studios um, in Culver City, so which isn't too far from here. Um, but, yeah, they did use a lot of geographical places and environments within L.A. And, and uh, yeah, they did a lot of the White House Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at Sony, using I believe their lar- one of their largest um, one of their largest sound stages to to do that. So yeah, and they use high schools and middle schools that are in the San Fernando Valley. Right. So, uh, what else do you have? Anything uh, other other cool tidbits? Also, this film again, thirty five millimeter film. Yep. Look at that. As opposed to our last film, um, favorite, which was also thirty five millimeter film, so they they use film for this. Yeah, which, which is interesting is because cool. I think too, with that, you can help best capture the time periods. Yeah, they used a mix of Super it. Eight and uh, Sixteen for the realistic, the, the reality TV yeah. footage, mm-hmm. um, and on top of the thirty five millimeter film. Uh-huh. So, and I think that is a good um, visual representation of just the spanning of the decades that we're covering, right. from the eighties to now. Yeah, and you know, again, I think. Well, you know, it's just to me, it was entertaining, scary, and being able to juggle those is not easy. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, Having actors, again, I think your talent in this movie, you need the right talent to be able to portray that script, yeah. to read that script, to perform that script. Because not the writing was great, yeah, it really was great. But if you had the wrong set of actors, it could really destroy what would have been a fantastic script and movie. Even Steve Carell, yeah, like yeah. as Rumsfeld, he was great like, in that role. He, I thought it was. 
I know he was being pushed for other movies for Academy Awards season. Mm-hmm. This is the one they should have pointed to. Yeah. I thought he was really good mm-hmm. in this. I thought he was really good in this movie. He could have easily gotten Best Supporting Actor for this film, too. I don't disagree. I thought, yeah. I thought Better was, in this film than Beautiful Boy. That's, that's, I didn't want to go out and say that. No, I, 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 I said it. Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I think that. His role was so was small, all, but it, it brought so much comic relief and it was so well played. And it was very there well There were serious moments as well when he's getting fired and <laughs> right. his feelings of betrayal. So he played that perfectly. I thought so. I love seeing him in stuff mm-hmm. like this. I love it. It's very yeah. realistic because Rumsfeld was such a pivotal person in, <laughs> in politics and Dick Cheney's yeah. career. Mm-hmm. Like, to the rise of power from going from point A to point B just with Rumsfeld. Yeah. Him him alone I would also watch a film of. Yep. Yep. And, you know, I know we, 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 we mentioned Amy Adams, but again, I think her chemistry with Christian Bale, I don't mind seeing them in movies together. I if like them. If they made them. more movies together, I'd be fine with it. They don't have to make every movie together, yeah. but I enjoy watching them. They They, they have... They have a body language and in, 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 action-reactionary togetherness that I think really works no matter what the roles they've been playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's... Amy Adams has just really proven to be... I love Amy Adams. A really good actress. I mean, she's fantastic. I've, I've watched, like, seriously, her whole career from the days when <clears> she was <throat> on Buffy and Smallville and mm-hmm. Charmed. Mm-hmm. Um, from TV to where she is now, like, her... Her acting rage is ridiculous mm-hmm. in the best way. She's a person who's always been recognized. Well, I shouldn't say always, but mm-hmm. has been recognized, you know, for her acting performances and yet has never won yet. Yeah, yeah. I thought she would win for a rival at least. You would think. That's what I thought, but you would I think. can't remember who she but she's But she's to. been nominated so many times, and yet she's one of those people who has put her time and effort in and still hasn't won. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she continues to do She's so. due. She continues to, yeah. yeah I she's think she is definitely due. Definitely due. Yeah. And I think the role, I'm not, again, we have heavy hitters this year, mm-hmm. but she's a, she is a phenomenal talent, and I think when she's paired with great people, she was great against Jeremy Renner in The Arrival, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, she, I just she's... recently rewatched The Arrival and made my mm-hmm. mom watch it with me this mm-hmm. time, and I'm just like, it's such a strong film. It's kind of and boring everything. at first. It yeah, it's very slow it, paced. It is, but, but if you watch it again, you're like, wow, mind blown. Yeah. But her character is so strong in yeah. that film. And I fell in love with those two together when they were in American Hustle. Like the opening, like when they first meet and they talk about jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, they, they, there's a great chemistry there. So yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I find it to be, like I said, I, I think this is a very fascinating movie. Regardless of which side of the political spectrum you're on, mm-hmm. um, you'll take away with it what you're going to take away with it. So, um, again, it made me angry. Um, even while being entertaining, uh, it, it still struck chords because I, you see how things are affected. Um, things that were brought up back then have affected today's world and politics as well mm-hmm. so um with that i think we can wrap up i think we discussed i think we did a good yeah. job with vice um getting people um i'm just very curious i'm always curious about people's opinions yeah just to, just to wrap us up for sure. it is because it is academy Awards season we yes. should bring it up sure. the, the uh so this movie has nominations for best achievement in makeup and hairstyling mm-hmm. uh actress in supporting role for amy adams sam rockwell for supporting 
Actor, Best Performance in Lead Role, which is Christian Bale, and Best Motion Picture of the Year. Yeah. Um, Best Achievement in Directing, Adam McKay. Screenplay, or Original Screenplay, Adam McKay, and Film Editing. Oh, well, and we didn't talk about, we should talk about its box office. Because, yeah. again, this isn't what I would call a quote-unquote commercial release, okay? However, because it's Vice, um, Annapurna uh, released this movie. Um, it came in number six in its opening weekend on 2,442 locations, which is a wide release. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't platform it, which is interesting to me. Um, and thus far, domestically, uh, we're looking at 42, let's call it $43 million domestically. Um, not too shabby. Foreign, <laughs> $9 million. So we got $52 million worldwide box office. I'm surprised foreign is only $9 million. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. That's surprising to me because I feel like this is something that has affected everything. Yeah, it is like the the actual situations and stuff affects internationally, Mm -hmm. but the people in play, it's very American. I agree. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised. But it's a huge star power, though, with Amy Adams, Christian Bale, Sam Rockwell. You would think that that would carry over internationally the way something. Nah, it's it's American politics. The favorite carried over though. But also the thing is, this film, I. I imagine, and I can say this because I actually am from the Midwest, this movie would hit bigger in the Midwest um, mm. because of, like, it's Republican, Dick Cheney's Republican, or Rumsfeld's Republican. Oh, they're going to hate it. They are going to hate that, though. Well, and, well, and I think, <laughs> but when you're watching this film, it's a very biased opinion. You can definitely tell that yeah. they're making fun of the Republicans, but Republicans in the Midwest would watch this because it is Dick Cheney. It makes fun, but it also does say these precedents were set by this man. So, can the movie be considered divisive? Yes. Can people look at it and go, well, yeah, but this is what he did, and they're proud of what he did. I mean, I think, if anything, the movie sparks conversation. Uh, I do agree with you, Marissa. I mean, this is American politics. I don't think that people... Like overseas, and again, I don't know how wide they've opened it and what territories they've opened it up overseas. But with everything going on, to ask people overseas to watch a movie when they're paying attention to the here and now, it might be a little difficult. Um, and again, you know, this movie is playing to a particular audience. Um, I think not too much unlike what Fahrenheit Eleven Nine was playing to as well. Um, Albeit, this isn't a documentary. um, This is a satire. But it does skew a certain way. Right. So Definitely. Mm -hmm. I read a review saying, like, this was a really poorly done showcase of political hatred. So there are going to be people who interpret it as such. I think Uh, it would be interesting to see another film of Dick Cheney um, from a Republican director. Yeah. Sure. For like, sure. It would be told completely different. Oh, I think so. Also, and, and, but but I also fact. think that there have been, like, there was an HBO series, I think. So there are, and, and McKay studied all these things, mm-hmm. there are things out there for people to view outside of Vice. Vice, to me, is a, um, is a commercial meant for audiences to go see in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. It has to play to a particular audience. And again, like we talked about in The Favorite, not get, not make it feel as if you're taking medicine, right? But educate people in a particular way that can somehow be entertaining, but at the same time make you think a little. Eye opening. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Stop um, provoking. Fun fact, Actually. though, before we leave, yeah. um, there there is one thing that I thought was a really cool tidbit tidbit of information. Um, technically, Christian Bale did save Adam McKay's life doing this movie because Christian Bale um, went through the different ways of getting a heart attack with a cardiologist, and he really researched like, what are the different ways of getting a heart attack? Because Dick Cheney, in real life, suffered several heart attacks throughout his lifetime. Um, so one of the ways was, a pain. obviously you have the, the pain in your left arm, but you also have a pain in your stomach, a very unsettling feeling in your stomach. And while Adam McKay was directing this movie, when, when he was, I think, at home or after the gym, he felt this weird pain in his stomach, and he was by himself. And he quickly took four aspirins and called 911 and had an ambulance come pick him up because he was suffering from a heart attack. But by him taking the aspirins, he was able to um, get rid of any heart damage that would have happened as a result of the heart attack. So he was able to prevent Mm -hmm. all of that because of Christian Bale's research and his interaction with Christian Bale Filming the movie. So a great hero and a great actor. <laughs> yeah. Like All right. And Aspirin's a blood thinner. So. Yeah. Yes, that's so. exactly yeah. why. Yeah. All righty. Well, that's leaving on a positive <laughs> note, folks. Um, thank you, audience, for, for tuning in. Uh, continue to stay tuned in throughout the month where we'll be trying to deep uh, get, get some more deep dives into some other Academy Award-nominated pictures before the awards ceremony. And we've got a plethora of movies that are going to be released uh, just in the month of February, which starts today. Mm-hmm. And this whole year, I think, is going to be a jam-packed year of quality entertainment. We're going to be here to talk about the movies. Uh, we appreciate your time. Appreciate your comments. Marissa, where can people comment and reach out to you? Everyone can follow me at TV. Yeah. Hey everyone, I'm Mina. You can follow me on Instagram at Mina Makes Magic or go to my website, MinaWahab.com. And you can follow me on the Twitters at DMovies1701. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies and right back here at Anatomy of a Movie. Take care, folks. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 